Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Kane's Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Here we go. Welcome to the Kane's Corner Podcast. It is okay. a Facebook Live edition. Brian LeBlanc cannot hear me, uh, but I'm sure uh, that Brian will be able to seek out some technical support because we all have children and they're all better at uh, technology than we are. Uh, we are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. That is important for you, especially as you embark on home improvement season, and that's what the summer is for, right? Uh, you want to get ready for the fall, uh, and they are everything everything for the, inter- the exterior of your home, roofing, siding, gutters, the gutter helmets. Those are cool. I would wear one. Uh, but they don't make it in my size. Uh, Brian LeBlanc uh, will be back. He is seeking out uh, technical support. Uh, he is the managing editor emeritus. I'm going to uh, refer to him as from Kane's country. Sarah Sivian is scheduled to join us in just a little bit from The Athletic, uh, and we'll introduce her in some sort of a fun way. My dog might make an appearance. My son might make an appearance. My dog is trying to barge into uh, uh, this whole thing already. But um, the last time we did this, we had John Forslund on. Let's just start uh, there real quick, little housekeeping. Uh, we still do not know what the deal is with John Forslund. Uh, we have no. Uh, we have not had any resolution to the – I don't want to call it a standoff because it's not a standoff. Uh, each side has stated their case to the other, and um, I know that there are people who desperately want John Forslund back. I am the captain of that team. Uh, we know Trip Tracy will be back, but we want John Forslund and Trip Tracy to both be doing the games as we uh, as we embark on phase three when we get to the secure zone. Are you are you back, Brian, or not yet? I, I'm I'm back. I mean for. As long as this thing works. All right. Well, that's all we need to know. I don't know how long it's going to work. So we'll get as much out of you as possible. All right. Uh, Let's let's start here. Let me just uh, let you roll. Um, You uh, texted me earlier this week with optimism on the John Forslund front. Uh, But this is about your intuition. You are a very perceptive, uh, perceptive and intelligent young man. Uh, So tell me. Uh, the reason for your John Forslund optimism, other than the fact that you love him dearly like I do. Well, I do, but that's, you know, I've been playing the media game for a long time, as has one Justin Williams, uh, who's very aware, I would say, and I think you'd probably agree with this, of his uh, standing with certain members of the organization. And... (laughs) Yeah. So Justin had a uh, had a conference call with the media on Tuesday, I want to say. Yeah, on Zoom, right. Yeah, and one of the things that he said on there when he was asked about John Forsland 
was, well, first I don't get into contract details, but then he went on a three minute, you know, soliloquy about how hurricanes hockey without John Forslund basically isn't hurricanes hockey. He's as much right. a part of this organization as anyone. And I think we've pretty much established at this point. I mean, you and I both have, you know, both on and off the record that Tom Dundon is a man who cares very little about other people's opinion of him. Um, and not at most, all. Right. Most of the time, that's a that's a uh, that's an admirable quality. Sometimes I think it's a little bit. Um, it can bite him in the butt a little bit if I'm not if I'm being honest, but. Um, it would have been really easy for Justin to just no comment that and move on to the next question. He decided not to do that. And we know that Justin is up there with Rod Brindamore with a couple other guys in the organization that really have Tom's ear. And if it's one thing that Tom is very consistent about is wanting to make sure his players are happy. And I think that Justin coming out and saying that, uh, in defense of John, not in defense of John, but, you know, just to kind of pump the tires a little bit, may have given a little bit more insight into just how much John Forslund means to the players. I, we, we all know how big of a party is to the organization itself, um, to the fans, to right. everybody that watches on TV. Everyone around the league knows how good John is. Uh, but hearing it from a player gives it a lot more, um, a lot more urgency, I think. And I don't think that, you know, people may not realize just how ingrained broadcasters are. I mean, it's not just show up at the, you know, show up at the morning skate and then show up at the game and call the game. I mean, these guys are, these guys are around the broadcasters in some cases, a lot more than their families. Um, And And whatnot. Yeah. Traveling. Right. Yeah. I mean, between, you know, spending time in hotel bars and under normal circumstances. Come on. John Forslund's never in a hotel bar. Well, maybe he is. I don't know. He's well enough to know that he's not in the bar. He is up in his room watching tape. He's watching. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He he walks around. I remember I wrote a I wrote a long piece on this about five years ago about John's preparation for a game. And it's crazy. Uh, the man doesn't own a computer because he does everything on his phone, which I remember writing is about the size of a ham sandwich. And he watches <laughs> games. He does game prep. I mean, he does everything on his yeah. on his phone because he's always on the run to somewhere. And he's as much a part of the hurricanes as anyone and the players recognize that. And, you know, that, I think that goes a long way. Uh, I think there's definitely some, that, that lends some urgency to it and uh, lends it some credence for sure. Not that fans opinions are, you know, not credible. I don't want to give that impression, but Tom is, Tom is a player's guy and he wants his players to be happy. And, you know, Justin Williams coming out to uh, pump John Forsman's tires is an insight into what makes them happy, I think. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I'll, I said this at the end of last week's um, Facebook Live podcast, uh, and we have uh, Brian LeBlanc here, who's the managing editor, uh, emeritus of Kane's Country. You're For always – Whatever you're, you're, no, no, no. Well, well, seriously, the whole reason the whole reason I stepped back was because schools were closed. And now, now at least my daughter's school is opening in a couple of weeks. And Andrew Schnitker, who's been in my place, is going to go back to Haywood County at some point here in the near future. So I'm going to be back. I mean, All right, good. Then you're, not a, you're just. I don't, the, I don't know if that's breaking news on the podcast or what. You but just, it's, this is broke news. 
Let me let me just say very quickly about uh, about John, and this is really more about Tom than about John. I've, I've said everything that needed to needs to be said about John. To me, is the best in the business, uh, and I think his national work speaks for that. Not only what he does at Fox Sports Carolinas, um, but when Tom took over ownership of the team, he made it all about the fans. And if you're going to make it all about the fans and the fan experience, the percentage of fans that buys a significant number of tickets, whether it's season tickets, mini plans, uh, go to uh, 10 games a year, the percentage of your fans who do that is small. And if, uh, if ultimately you have to cater to all of your fans in some way, shape, or form. Moving on for, from John Forsland. Uh, I understand there's a significant amount of money involved, uh, but there's no way it's enough of a, uh, you know, enough of a hit. And I don't think it would be uh, astronomical anyway, but I don't think it's enough of a hit to essentially tell your fans who don't go to games that they don't matter. And to me, that's what it would be doing, getting rid of the best play-by-play guy uh, in the league on a local broadcast, and I think he's on the very short list of the best guys nationally. To me, that's it would be uh, thumbing your nose at your fans, and I don't believe that's a good idea. Let's move on to uh, some other things. Brian LeBlanc, uh, and we hope to be joined by Sarah Sivian from uh, The Athletic in a minute. I know she's been in the fetal position lately, and we'll explain why in a minute. <laughs> some good uh, listening choices, too, from what I saw. Apparently. Um, so uh, training camp is supposed to start Monday based on uh, the entrance into this would be phase three. Um, and we can really keep track anymore, though. Well, this is the right. Uh, four phases, five groups, states in phase two, started, NHL's in three. I, mean, who I know. I know, but. Tomato, well, tomato. The state of North Carolina may never enter phase three, but <laughs> yeah, right. hurricanes and the NHL will enter phase three. Right. Uh, and with COVID numbers, the testing numbers across the NHL, and we don't know what individual teams are like, and we know that in the lead up to this, there have been positive tests. We know, I believe Austin Matthews was working out in Arizona and he tested positive, but it does appear that he's okay. Uh, but across the league, the percentage of positive tests on almost 4,000 tests or roughly 4,000 tests was about 1%. That is a remarkably encouraging number for the NHL. Yet we haven't gotten a training camp yet. So we're not entirely sure what it's going to be like when that happens. Uh, but it raises my confidence level that this is at least going to get to the starting line. How do you feel about what you've said, what you've seen so far? I agree, and I think it's probably important to take a step back here and talk about, um, you know, the differences between pro sports and college sports. You know, uh-huh. lots of lots of colleges are shutting things down. I mean, the Ivy Leagues announced they're not going to play fall sports. The Big Ten says conference only. I think every you know all the Power Five are probably moving toward that. But number one, you're talking football, and the reason I bring that up is because the the, the general mindset around sports in general right now is pretty low. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily think that has to apply to hockey for a couple of reasons. One is these are professional athletes. Um, they are guys that know what they need to do to get ready for a season. 
Uh, they've done it before. It's not that big of a deal. And two, you're talking about a significantly less number of people. I mean, a football team by a college football team by itself has upwards of 100 people. Well, that's three yeah. full hockey teams. Um, so you're talking about fewer people in a more confined area because they're going to be able to, you know, it's a little more difficult to tell college kids not to go to the bars than it is to tell a bunch of professional hockey players <laughs> to stay in your hotel room. You know, they might not enjoy it. So what the uh, tell what the NBA guys are eating down at Disney World might belie that a little bit, but at least they said they're going to start delivering Mortons to their room, which would be nice. Um, but Yeah, it, it like, looked like airplane food they were eating. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Gosh, this, this, can this, I get a package of uh, Fisher's Nuts here, please? <laughs> They get the little packs of, uh, of pretzels that you get on Southwest. They're about, you know, yay big. The square and, ones. I don't even yeah. – what the square pretzels? Give me a <laughs> give me a roll of gold with the rounded on the top. Tell you where it's at. The Utz sourdough, um, not the not the big suckers, but, I mean, these are about the size of just your regular size pretzels. Oh, my God. I could I mean, okay. really have no problem eating lots of things, but I could eat a lot of those. Um <laughs> It's the downside to doing a video podcast. So anyway, um, yeah, I think there's I think there's plenty of room for optimism here. The fact that they're playing in Canada helps. Um, you know, oh. I I think there's definitely there, there's a little bit of a perception issue. And I think this is going to be an issue. Uh, my cat's going to run by here in just a second. Hey. The, What's the cat's name? Uh, this is Copeland. We have Copeland oh. and Mozart. Okay. We're very dignified over here. Very nice. Um, so the fact that it's in Canada, I think, helps uh, because not only is there you know less COVID in Canada, but yeah. there's also more possibilities that you're not taking tests away from people that actually need them the way that they need them in the United States right now. So that helps. Right. I think that's probably going to be an issue. Yes. It's all right. Cats are the best. The, they just, the good they, part they're, they're that given that F is just zero. When the, when the podcast airs, nobody will see COVID. It's okay. All of these things, they all add to the ambiance of, uh, of what we're doing. You know, it's funny, Brian. Um, I'm old enough to remember when Gary Bettman was mocked and was a laughing stock as the commissioner of the NHL. Um, but he negotiated, uh, you know, kind of – navigated his way through a couple of lockouts. Nobody likes to see an entire season loss. He was criticized heavily for that, and maybe so. Uh, but the way they have handled this particular situation, and I actually think Bettman's been a good commissioner for the NHL, but the way he has handled this particular situation is absolutely remarkable. Think about they slow played it. They announced we're going to come back, but they did not announce any uh, details. They still haven't officially announced where the two secure zones will be. And we'll get to secure zones in a second. But I think the official announcement will come tomorrow, but we know it's going to be Edmonton and Toronto. Uh, if they had done this a month ago, uh, it would be Vegas. Everybody was assuming it would be Vegas. And then all of a sudden they realized, hey, there's no way we can keep everybody uh, healthy in Vegas. Edmonton and Toronto combined, I believe, have less than 200 active COVID cases right now. Let's combine that, uh, uh, you know, in terms of people who are actively in like, whether in hospitals or whatever. So um, they seem to be in two spots that aren't really having a problem right now. That doesn't mean 
that the NHL won't bring the problem to them. Uh, and I said earlier that the numbers right now are very low, but we haven't got into training camps yet. They're working out in small groups. When you get into larger groups, and we're probably going to see groups of close to 30 for most teams uh, because you can bring as many, I believe, as 28 even in the exhibition game. I think you can play with 28. Uh, so uh, they're going to bring probably 30. And uh, I think we'll, you know, we'll see how it progresses. But um, I, I'm not optimistic really about baseball, which is starting in the two weeks from tonight. I'm not optimistic about the NBA, uh, which is going into an area that is just, there's like a 15% infection rate right now in Florida. And maybe they can secure that, in, you know, secure the players inside the bubble. But uh, I don't know, but I do know well, that back, that's back a Gary, very good back, job. Back to Gary Bettman for a second. Uh, you thought that you would be sitting here in July saying that of the four major professional sports, five if you want to throw MLS in there, that Gary Bettman was elite or co If you want to say co so personally, I mean, where, what is this? <laughs> what timeline are we living in? Of yeah. course, you know, there, there are other reasons to question that, but I mean, it's, it's incredible what kind of, uh, what kind of shit he's shown to his credit. I remember when Don Peer took over the Players Association, we all just kind of said, oh God, here we go. A league that loves to lock out the players combined with the guy who authored the, uh, you know, the cancellation of the list. No way this ends well. And here they are ironing out a collective bargaining agreement in the yep. middle of a pandemic that's going to take, you know, that's that's entirely fair to both sides. I wrote about it today for Kane's Country. Uh, Copeland's about to walk in front of me again. There he goes. All right. And it's it's really impressive what, what they were able to do. And the, the fact that they were able to do this in the middle of everything else going on just shows remarkable leadership. And say what you will about Gary Bettman. Um, you know, certainly people in Canada have plenty to say about him. But he's done right by the league. He's done right by the players, and he's done an incredibly good job of of guiding the league through some really unprecedented territory. I, I don't know how you rank Don Garber of MLS. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't even. It's it's a major sport, but it's not one of these four. It's really yeah. I'd, uh, heck, I'd put um, uh, NASCAR and the PGA Tour ahead of Major League Soccer uh, mm-hmm. when you're talking about commissioners, and certainly both. Uh, Jay Monahan of the PGA Tour. I'm not an NASCAR fan, so I'm drawing a blank on uh, was it Phillips? Steve Phillips. Oh, I think it's yeah, Phillips I think right. of NASCAR. They have both done a very good job of na- navigating their return to uh, to competition. Look, NASCAR has been very successful, uh, as has the PGA Tour. Tiger Woods plays next week, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Tiger's first event that, out of the that, way. That explains how excited you and Alec were around the radio earlier today. Exactly right? before the uh, Hurricanes <laughs> taking on the Rangers. Um, but I mean, I put right now, I put Bettman right up there with Adam Silver for negotiating this particular situation. Yep. Um, and if you're mentioned in the same category as Adam Silver, I think you've done a good job. All right. Uh, let's move on to some actual hockey. By the way, are, do you like the term secure zone? I mean, you're going to call it what you call it the bubble, the secure zone. No, the, it, that's the, awesome. I mean, it sounds like a place you'd want to be. The secure zone. And it said just like that. There you go. Like right? you, so like they, they walk into the hotel when they get to Toronto on, in a couple of weeks, and 
you know, this this robotic Terminator type voice says, enter your credentials. Don't you, you know, want they, a t-shirt? Absolutely. You want a black t-shirt that says secure zone Toronto. Yeah, with the with the uh, with with the little uh, reflective sunglasses. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. All right. Full of Tommy Lee Joneses. It's great. All right, so let's let's get to uh, to this team. Um, first of all, I should have made you do this earlier. Um, well, you did make me do it in one way or another. Wow. <laughs> um, this is the third one of these we've done. The first one was titled "Why the Hurricanes Will Win the Stanley Cup." Uh, but, uh, and we talked to John Forslund about that last week and I asked him why. And he said, because the conference finals and finals will be in Edmonton. Uh, that's the <laughs> reason as any, uh, so I'm asking I you. I like his reasoning. Yeah. Sure. I am asking you, Brian LeBlanc, why will the Hurricanes win the Stanley Cup? Well, I think they've got the best defenseman in the Eastern Conference. That's a good place to start. Right. Um, that. Certainly helps. Uh, they've got a top line that can score with anyone, um, and they're and they're getting healthy. They've got Justin Williams. That certainly doesn't hurt. Um, they probably overachieved a little bit last year, but now they know what to expect when they get there. And you know, assuming they can get past the Rangers, why not? I mean, this you know, trying to predict this is like trying to is like trying to predict the weather. I mean, it's you know, yeah. you can you've you've got your You've got your ideas and you've got your conventional wisdom, but no one knows how this is going to turn out. And then, of course, the wild card is, you know, God forbid somebody tests positive and you lose two or three guys. I mean, it's it's no different than the war of attrition we usually see in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that, all, that always affects things. But the Hurricanes have an embarrassment of riches on the blue line right now. I mean, you go basically nine deep on the blue line. It's kind um, of scary, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you've got you've got NHL all-time leading goal scorer per game, Morgan Geeky, um, who I think will probably have a role of some sort. You know, you've got you've got all sorts of different things that that a lot of teams don't have the luxury of having. And as long as Brett Pesci and I know Hamilton's back, and you know that's going to be good. But even if Pesci's not back, I mean, they've just got so many guys. I mean, Sammy Vatnin was a top four defenseman in New Jersey, but say what you will about the Devils. But he was going to play here, yep. and they may not have a place for him. So they have, you know, a, place, they'll have a place for him. Yeah, well, I don't think enough. there's any question. But, I mean, <laughs> well, I'm, up with us. We're going to get to we're going to get to your lineup uh, in a second. Um, I will say this about Brett Pesci. Um, I've I've communicated with him a little bit during the pandemic, and there was a time where uh, where he is in Tarrytown, New York, in Westchester County. Uh, where that was the epicenter. I mean, that was in New York. That's where it all blew up. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, but he was able to stay healthy. He was rehabbing there, uh, living, I guess, uh, living with his girlfriend and his brother. Um, but he says he's ahead of schedule. Six months is mid-September, uh-huh. and that's probably conference finals time. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe mid-conference finals. Maybe the end of the conference finals, yeah. Uh, like, I'm not suggesting he will come back, but he may be available to the Hurricanes when they get to the conference finals. And that would you know, be would it, something. You know, wouldn't it, would it be something? 
right? Would it be something? And obviously, it's a different uh, a different set of circumstances. But wouldn't it be something if the Hurricanes made it to the conference final or the Stanley Cup final in Edmonton, of all places? Yeah. And welcome back a top contributor. <laughs> this has uh, happened before. I actually joked with Pesci that, uh, yeah, but Eric Cole will always have been returning from a broken neck. Yes. Yours is just a repaired shoulder. Uh, so, I mean, all right, give yeah. me your lineup. Give me your lineup. What's, uh, what's Brian LeBlanc say? Because uh, I'm sure you've done it. I'm sure you've looked at it. We've all done it several times. I've got numbers written down. Uh, so uh, give me yours. And I, I don't yep. want you to, to predict what Rod Brindamore will do. And by the way, you got the answer wrong as to why the Hurricanes are going to win the Stanley Cup. I can't believe you got that wrong. The yeah, answer is Rod Brindamore. That's why the, the Hurricanes are going to win the Stanley Cup. But that's fine. Fair uh, as good uh, reason as any. Yeah. Uh, he's going to go to the Hall right. of Fame as a coach. Uh, as, as well as a player because he's going to get in as a player. All right. So give me your lineup. All right. Um Top line, I don't keep together the big three. I separate them. I, I keep Ajo and, Ta- and Turbo together and drop Svechnikov. I, I am of one mind with Rod there. It makes it too easy to defend. It makes it too top-heavy. Um, so give – Already? So, mm-hmm. I'm all, already a flutter. Yep. Yep. So give me give me uh, Turbo and Ajo on that top line. And in place of Andre Svechnikov, you know where I go? I go to Ryan Dezingle. Holy cow! And it sounds weird, but I think it's just crazy enough that it would work. Okay. Give me, give me right. Ryan Dezingle. And I'm not, I don't think there's a guarantee that Dezingle gets in the lineup. It's Never mind on the top line. Wait, wait a second. You just said there's no guarantee that Dezingle gets in the lineup, and you put him on the top line with the two fins. I did. I'm I all, did. Keep going. I think, I think it's. I think it's the – it sounds crazy, but I think it would work. So Svechnikov goes to your second line. Okay. I put him. I put him with Vincent Trocheck at center. All right. And on the right wing, give me Justin Williams. You're mixing it all up. I am. Well, Why Williams, Williams was the hottest player in the NHL. Yeah. Yep. So. You put you put Williams on that line. You've got the scoring. I, I think I think Trocheck is going to be a good. Scoring center, I think he's right. a, he's a defensively responsible, but I think Williams kind of has that role. And then you've got then you've got a uh, plenty of firepower on the uh, on the left side with Svech. So I go with that. Wow. Uh, Marty Natchez on the third line, right wing. Warren Fogle on the left, and uh, Jordan Stahl in the middle. Really like that. I think you could probably put. Um, I'm not wild about putting Natchez with Stahl, uh, but I think it would probably work. I think if you wanted maybe. Uh, to flip flop Natchez up to the uh, to the second line and drop uh, drop Williams down. I think you could do that. Just not real wild about having both Svechnikov and Natchez on the same line. Right. Something that doesn't quite work for me yet. I think we'll get there, but we're not there yet. The head coach and, is a huge fan of that. We know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the fourth line, I think you know you've got your. You know, your usual bangers, Brock McGinn and Jordan Martinook, and I think that's that's probably where Nino Niederreiter winds up um, when all is said and done. Um, so I, you have Morgan Geeky, Morgan Geeky out? I think I have Geeky out, unfortunately. You know, Geeky I, is the all-time NHL leader in points per game. I I I, I don't know. Just I, say. I, I, think that, I think that final lineup spot is – 
I think that final lineup spot is going to be between Geeky, Nino, and Dezingle. Okay. Um, I've seen enough of Nino with Aho and Turbo to know that's something that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Right. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I just kind of feel like we're, we're reinventing the wheel if we do that again. And I think Geeky's just kind of the victim of the numbers game, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, because I think Nino's going to play. Nino's got a place on the power play. Right. But Geeky doesn't quite have that yet. So I think that that probably tips the scales a little bit to Nino uh, to give him that 12th roster spot. So there's my forwards. Uh, my defense, assuming that uh, Pesci is still out, yeah. is obviously going to be Slavin Hamilton up top. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Slavin might play <laughs> Slavin might play 28 minutes a game. I don't think um, there's any question he's going to play yeah. an absolute ton. Yeah. Uh, Jake Gardner and Brady Shea will be my second pairing. Um, don't feel great about it, but feel okay. good enough. And... You know, honestly, I think it's I think it's Joel Edmondson and Hayden Flurry as my third pairing. So Sam Hotman is not in your think, No, I don't think I don't think a guy that he hasn't played. I mean, say what you will about Trocheck and Shea coming over, but at least they played a few games and kind of right. know him. You know, dropping dropping uh, dropping Batman into what amounts to a five game toss up. You know, you're you're learning on the job, and yeah. I think he's kind of a great glass option. Um, I, you've got your, you've got your power play guys, uh, in Hamilton, obviously him coming back does wonders for the power play. And I think that Shea can probably handle the other power play spot. Or Gardner, Gardner like, was playing his yeah, best Gardner, at the end. Gardner yeah. would be okay there. If you have to break the glass and use Slavin there, you could, although he's not great on the power yeah. play. Uh, but I don't think that now is really the time to just throw someone in that's never played with these guys and. Give it a shot, and it, it really stinks because they lost a good player in Yanni Kokinen to get Vatnin, and you know nobody knew this was coming, so nobody's going to fault Don Waddell for pulling the trigger on that. But, yeah, fine. Um, but, but I don't think the draft pick if uh, yeah. if Vatnin didn't play because he wouldn't have uh, hit yeah. those escalators. All right, who's in goal? Uh, Morazic, I think, is a yeah. pretty safe bet. His Rivers. Right. I think they basically got the same setup that they had last year. At the first sign of trouble, they'll make the switch yeah. and let let someone run. Curtis McElhaney got a run last year, um, and then you know then things went south with him, and it turned back to Peter again, and he was fine. I mean, they they've got two competent goalies, and I think Peter's earned the right to be the the first choice. But you know, we've seen before that Rod's not going to hesitate to pull the trigger and throw Reimer in there, and he deserves to be the one B um, instead of just the designated backup. All right. Um, I'm going to give you, yeah. I'm going to give you my lineup here, Brian LeBlanc, and okay. I'm going to leave the big three together because I think the hurricanes have multiple scoring lines already. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to leave uh, Aho, Teravine and Svechnikov together. Uh, I am going to uh, like, this happens all the time in sports. You, you go to baseball, you get to the all-star break, all of a sudden, the guy who hit well, 204 in the first half suddenly catches fire. And the other it happens the other way, too, right? Yes, it does. Yep. Uh, so um, I am actually anticipating um, solid performances. I'm not going to say great performances, but solid performances from a Nino Niederreiter. Uh, and I do think that Ryan Dezingle will get a crack, although I don't see him playing with Ajo and Tara Vinen. Uh, but I think you'll see 
Uh, I, I like Nina, uh, Nino with Trocek and Marty Natchez. And I think the Fogel, Stahl, Williams trio is frighteningly effective. And here's one thing that I believe will be very noticeable. Nobody likes to miss a lot of time. Uh, but nobody is ever going to convince me that the 34 or 35 games that Jordan Stahl missed with concussions last year didn't ultimately benefit him when he came back. He was quicker. Uh, there was a, He wasn't beaten down and exhausted because they treated him properly and they gave him time. Um, and I believe that Jordan Stahl will look like that player when he comes back. And yeah. Jordan Stahl, who's got a little bit extra step, we know everything else that he does, I think can be a good enough offensive player. He'll create space or win faceoffs. And Warren Fogle is a guy who has, you know, he, we know he's got some playoff pedigree to him. He's the kind of a guy that does figure out how to play in the playoffs. I mean, you know, there, there's a long history, and I'm not trying to compare him to like the Maltbys and Drapers of the world or, you know, that, that, I think you're on the right. I think you're right? in the right ballpark, though. But Seriously, those guys are good playoff players, and yep. I think Fogel is that guy. So I like him with Williams and Stahl. The on- thing I love more about Warren than anything else is that he's effective no matter where he plays. He's another guy that could play up with Ajo and Turbo sure. and not be out of place. Right. I don't but think he will. But I don't think he will either. You know, it's funny because um, I think Jordan Jordan Martinuk must be in the lineup. I don't think there's yeah. any question that. As long as he's healthy, and she should be healthy now, unless Chase is running him ragged. And I talked to him this week, and yeah, Chase, I heard that interview. Uh, but uh, Martin looks pretty healthy. Uh, but th- these are guys that help you win, man. Um, you know, so it remains to be seen. Uh, I do think that, and I'm, this is sort of predicting what Rod will do, but it's really what I would do too. Now, wait a minute. You told me I should do that. No, I'm just saying what? this is what I would do. This is what uh, I would do. Look, I, I make the rules here, uh, LeBlanc. Um, I think he'll start with Martin Hook in the middle with McGinn uh, on the right and Dezingle on the left. But I think Ryan will get his power play time and Ryan will have his opportunity to play his way up the lineup. And if it does happen that way, I think you'll see Dezingle take Fogel's place on the line with Stahl and Williams and get more ice time. Fogel's going to play. Fogel's going to kill penalties. And the truth of the matter is that uh, the way – uh, Martinook, McGinn, Fogel play, that's going to create opportunities uh, to score because of their aggressive nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you don't have Geeky getting in the lineup either. I, I don't, but um, I do think that the leash won't be very long, and it can't be in a best-of-five series. The leash won't be very long on Dezingle or Niederreiter. And if either guy doesn't play well, then Morgan Geeky will come in the lineup and score three goals. And, and that's keep in mind, Morgan Geeky won the Calder Cup last year. He know, I mean, it might not be the same level as the Stanley Cup playoffs, right. but he knows how to handle a long playoff run. And, and he was pretty effective in doing it. He played very well in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm not saying he's going to play, but I think it's interesting to note that Ryan Suzuki has been uh, skating uh, at PNC Arena. And, and again, not going to play, but he's going to be around this. And that, that, look, they think the world of him. Uh, so, yeah, with good reason. Yeah, I know. Let's just see how this all plays out. Uh, but uh, but I think it's cool that Suzuki will be around the team. On defense, 
Uh, Hamilton and Slavin, that's going to be your top uh, your top pair, and they're going to log a lot of ice time. Uh, Dougie would have been ready probably in the second week of April. Uh, we're way beyond the second week of April. I don't even think it's a question <laughs> whether or not Doug Hamilton, Dougie Hamilton is yeah. ready to play. Um, I think you're going to see Brady Shea go back to his natural side and play on the second pair with Sammy Votnin. And if Votnin is healthy, I think Votnin's a top four defenseman. Uh, and frankly, nobody's played with anybody. So uh, I don't think I, – I think that's the way they should start. Now, if Votnin looks out of place or maybe isn't healthy because they were kind of surprised that it was taking his foot so long, uh, then uh, then maybe it won't be Votnin. But uh, that's how I would start. I would start Shea and Votnin on the second pair. Uh, and then even though he really had a terrible first, oh, what, 50 games, Jake Gardner was playing much better toward the end. Uh, wasn't always great, uh, but his offense was really starting to pick up, and that's the only yeah. reason Jake Gardner plays. Exactly. Uh, right. So he's still not a, not a great skater anymore, but the rest of his game, the hands, the vision, that was starting to come. Uh, and it's, you know, hopefully that'll uh, return, but uh, he doesn't have to play a lot. And he wasn't playing a lot at the end. He was playing yeah. anywhere from 12 to 15 uh, 13 minutes. 13 minutes, yeah. And that's fine for your third pair on the left side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and until uh, until Brett Pesci can come back, uh, if he comes back, I think Joel Edmondson will get first crack playing his off. So uh, and then, but I also, you know, even though uh, Sarah's obviously – uh, in, uh, encountered some technical uh, issues, uh, or maybe uh, maybe the white claw truck showed up to her house. I don't know. Um, but uh, in all fairness, I kind of feel bad for Hayden Flurry. Oh, I feel horrible for him. Flurry really did. He played really as well as I've ever seen him play on a consistent basis. Yep. The, the last fifteen or so games, he was in the lineup. Uh, so but it was all year. It wasn't just. I mean, yes, the last fifteen games he was really good, but it was all year. I mean, he was he was he, he was not noticeably bad. I think no, the no, first far part from of the it. season. But I think he was legitimately good the last fifteen games. Now I do know the owner likes Hayden Flurry personally, uh, so I, I think to have in your corner. I think that matters. Um, but they've got decisions to make about uh-huh. you know who to keep. Um, you know, Brady Shea's got a long-term contract and he plays the left side. Jake Gardner's got a long-term contract. He plays the, le- the left side. Jacob Slavin has a long-term contract. He plays the left side. He's not going anywhere. So, right. And, um, I mean, I don't think any of those others are going anywhere either. So, well, long-term, Flurry is, is still looking for spot, but you need depth. This is people. where I remind you that Calvin DeHaan had a long-term contract and he's not here anymore. So right, a- absolutely. Stranger things. So, uh, you know, anything can happen. Um, but I do think that Flurry kind of proved that he belonged in the NHL, and that's very big for him. Uh, but they can rely on him, uh, and I don't think anybody thought that at the beginning of the season. Uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk is as reliable as they come as a third-pair pair right side. I wouldn't be shocked if Edmondson didn't play well that yeah. Van Riemsdyk draws in in game two. If if Joel struggles in game one, I think Trevor draws right in in game two. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if – Right side. I wouldn't be surprised if the Hurricanes go eight deep. And, and all of them 
down to and including Hayden Fleury see time in the in the uh, preliminary qualifying round. Um, I mean, why why wouldn't you? There's no there's no reason. I mean, you've got to play five rounds instead of four this time. There's no reason to burn anyone out. Everybody's going to be getting up to speed. You've got the depth. Why not use it? I think there's going to be more lineup changes than we typically see from Rod Brindamore, especially in this first round. Excuse me, in the preliminary round or the qualifying round. Qualifying round. Would yeah. you would, do you think we'll see Jake Bean? I think it's possible. Yeah. Why Why wouldn't you? I think the question is why would you at this point? I mean, for what I just said, I think if you know, I think those. I think outside of Slavin and Hamilton, nothing's set in stone. Right, but I, don't think, take is, I think those other guys, especially with with all the depth on the left side, I think all those other guys would have to either get hurt or play badly to come out of the line. I just don't think they're pulling uh, Slavin, Shea, or Gardner out of the lineup unless they play really badly. Uh, and then Flurry would be in over uh, over Jake Bean. I'd say of those, I'd say of those three, Gardner's probably the most likely to come out of the lineup. But again, you know, yeah, we're, in, we're, in, we're, in, we're in uncharted territory here. There's no question you're going to see seven defensemen in the qualifying round, and I wouldn't be shocked if you see eight. And then once Pesci comes back, assuming they're still playing, that's nine. I mean, nine. They've got the depth. Why wouldn't they use it? Gosh, Brett Pesci playing 15 minutes a night, killing penalties on your third yep. pick. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go, place to be. I'm going off the board, Brian. Okay. David Ayers, start. <laughs> David Ayers gets the first start against the Rangers. Well, it's going to be at the Air Canada, the Scotiabank arena. Dave, <laughs> myself, uh, plays he knows well. So will David Ayers be the emergency goaltender? Please say yes. Oh my we God. We got to find out. So I, got, I, I, I will, I will effort and, uh, and find out. <laughs> Gosh, that would be fantastic. Uh, that, would, that would be right in line with how this year has gone, too. Absolutely. No question. One thing uh, one thing about the Rangers, and then we'll say goodbye, uh, Brian LeBlanc. By the way, we are brought to us by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina for everything in the exterior of your home. The Aluminum Company. Roofing, siding, windows. Windows are inside and outside. Uh, the gutter helmet. Again, if they had one that fit me, I'd be wearing a gutter helmet right now. Uh, if they don't have one that fits you, I'm a real lost cause. How, how is, how is it possible the Rangers will not start Henrik Lundqvist in Game One against they the Hurricanes? They will. You think so? Oh, absolutely. everything, everything I've heard is Shesterkin. Everything I've heard and read is Shesterkin will start Game One. Why wouldn't they start Lundqvist? He's because like, Shesterkin is the goaltender now. That's Lundqvist has like a 900 career win percentage against the Hurricanes. Why wouldn't he start him? He's lost oh. like once in uh, uh, the last 30 starts or something. It's it's been it's bananas how good he yeah. has been against the Hurricanes. So uh, why wouldn't you start him? Again, if you need to win three games against a team that he has owned in his career, now, I don't think he's going to play the whole playoffs. And in fact, it's probably one loss, and they they make a switch. But if you've got to win three games against a team that you have absolutely owned for the last twelve years, why wouldn't you? I'm oh, I'm with you. I'm, by the way, uh, Flan the man. I'm just going to put it up on the screen here because it's worth uh, showing you. The Isles didn't start Thomas Grice against the Canes last year. Thomas Grice isn't Henrik Lundqvist. I'm sorry. Sure. 
That's the right answer, too. This is why I have you on the podcast. Henrik Lundqvist is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Thomas Grice is a NHL goalie. Pretty yes. good one. He is a pretty good one. He was not better yeah, than uh, who was the guy that nearly um, uh, Robin, Robin uh, Leonard nearly won the Vesna Trophy last yeah, year. Robin that Leonard later uh, was the uh, was the starter for the Islanders. Uh, later has still never beaten the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? Yep. Never, yep. ever. And they and they wanted to sign him, so they were going to keep that streak alive. <laughs> I mean, that is that is absolutely remarkable. Uh, but it's a good point uh, about Thomas Grice because Grice did have the Hurricanes number, but the Islanders went with what there really was their better goaltender uh, at the time. Uh, so who will the Hurricanes beat in the Stanley Cup Finals, Brian LeBlanc, before we say goodbye? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, it is a tough one because the West has some good teams. Mm-hmm. Nobody do. Hurricanes, but the West has some good teams. You know, my Stanley Cup Final before the season was Vegas over Boston. I'm going to stick with the Golden Knights. Over Vegas over who? Boston. Who are that they? My, the, I, I, I said this was my pick before the season. Now, obviously, it's the Hurricanes over everyone. It's an invalid. Uh, it's an invalid well, prediction. I'm um, still saying that half of my prediction is going to be correct, and I think I think Vegas Vegas comes out of it. Um, they're they're good. They've got scoring. They've got they're a great defensive team. Uh, they've got the guy that should win the Selkie Trophy and Mark Stone. Uh, they've got two legitimately really good goaltenders now. Right. What's not to love? Um, I mean, you can't... I didn't think Flurry was having. Maybe, maybe I could be uh, wrong here, but I didn't think Flurry was having that great a year. He wasn't having that great of a year, but you—it's—it's it's the Lundqvist argument. Do you yeah. bet against Mark Andre Flurry in the playoffs? Probably not, right? Okay. And if you don't, they've got Leonard now. So. Oh gosh, I forgot that they had Robin. Yeah. Then the Hurricanes will sweep. If Leonard <laughs> plays, the Hurricanes will sweep the Stanley Cup Finals. That is yeah. almost unfair. Well, that is almost unfair. All right, yeah, Brian. Give me, give me Vegas. You are gentlemen. We put out an APB out on our friend Sarah Sivian, uh, who had some uh, technical issues. Or again, it is very possible that the White Claw truck just backed up to her house, uh, and she's helping them unload because she, <laughs> uh, she is that kind of a person. Uh, go wash with that. All right, go Sorry. wash your hands. Okay. All right, and uh, be safe. Wear, we're, neither of us wore masks because we can't. We're I don't know. Uh, we're probably forty miles from each other right now. Uh, yeah, that social distancing on the Canes Corner podcast. I thank you very much for uh, for hanging out. And whatever I told, my, I, I, I told my daughter, my daughter had a great reaction earlier today. We, today was her um, day at the gym. Uh, for a gym class, and they're having to wear masks into the gym now. And I told her this, and she just rolls her eyes and goes, "Coronavirus!" So there you I, go. But good she's, for her she's for saying her. how we're feeling. I think we're all feeling it. Good for her for wearing a mask. Wear a mask. Everybody else wear a mask. Uh, Kane's Corner Podcast signing off. Thanks to Brian LeBlanc from Kane's Country, managing editor. My man, you the man. I thank you so much. You got it, AG. Next week. Bye. We'll talk soon. Bye.
You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Are you unhappy with your CPAP provider? Did you know you can easily switch providers right now? I'm Megan Giggling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. We are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Contact us today. We ship anywhere in North Carolina. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health.